New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Today I'm hosting Dr. Howard Eisenberg, a medical doctor and also a researcher in multiple fields of knowledge in science. He's the author of Dream It to Do It, The Science and the Magic, Decoding Reality 2.0. I'm speaking with Howard at his home by remote connection. Howard, welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Thank you, Justine. I really appreciate this opportunity to share this information with your listeners. Thank you again. Oh, well, you're most welcome. I'm honored to have you. I'd like to open this conversation with your thoughts and understanding on the nature of reality. Okay, I know that that's big. and But, you know, our eyes, our sense of touch gives us feedback on what is understood as conventional reality, in your words. But your research indicates that reality is diverse, and it can be described as having plasticity. In fact, in culture today, we're hearing the term multiverse. What is the expanded version of the nature of reality? It's as the mystics have described it, they call the oneness of the allness. Uh, or sometimes referred to as oceanic consciousness, whereby we can think of ourselves, other people, uh, other apparent objects, other sentient beings, nature, as being analogous to waves in an ocean. They seem on the surface in a moment in time to be discrete, totally separate from each other. But over time, waves come and go. And they all have, in reality, a common base in the ocean. And it's sort of like that. So it's multi-leveled or multi-dimensional reality. And what we perceive and assume to be reality amongst ourselves in our own minds and with each other as we converse on this level is only a very small um, level of the totality. We're often told that everything is interconnected. This is an interconnected universe. Nothing is really separate from anything else. Yet our eyes and our ability to touch things and touch another, it seems as if things are very separated. We perceive it as separation. Yes, but but it's illusion. Okay, if that's an illusion, how do we get around that? How do we really, on a visceral level understand that all of it is connected, that we're not separate from each other? On one level, I'd say, looking at just the common dream experience, which we all have at times. And when we have a dream, we usually are interacting with what apparently are other people or animals or other aspects of nature outside. And yet when we wake up, we realize it all came out of our imagination. So the apparent divisiveness separations is an illusion it's at a deeper level when we wake up we realize it's not it just came out of our imagination and that's just one level of waking up when we go to a deeper level waking up 
through, for example, practicing meditation or the proper use of psychedelic chemicals or working with something like lucid dreaming, you become aware of the plasticity of that reality. It's not fixed. It's not independent. Another example, which maybe illustrates that what we see is not necessarily what's out there, is to take the example of a, a fan. When a fan is operating and the blades are spinning, if it's spinning at a fairly fast speed, we don't see the individual blades of the fan. We might even think we could put our hand through it like a child might, but you can't. The blade would hit your hand and perhaps cut you. But it seems when it's on as if it's solid or nothing there at all. It's just like empty space, but that's illusion. So again, what we see, what we experience is not necessarily what is reality. And as our understanding is, is increasing about how the brain functions, the head brain, we realize that it works in many ways like a selective filter. And when we go through other experiences, the filtering is being modified and allowing an expansion of consciousness. It would seem if we bought into conventional brain science that when we're having very creative experiences, when we're having uh, in parapsychology, psychic experiences, it would seem that we're using like more sophisticated parts of our brain, but it's actually the exact opposite. When we have such experiences, the brain is not as active at all. I know that they've done some research and anybody who's done psychedelics, you really have just fantastic visual things going on that are mind-boggling. And one would think that the brain is really active creating all these images, but when they're hooked up and they're looking at the actual functioning of the brain, the brain is relatively quiet that's, that's right. <laughs> in its activity. Yeah, what we call the default node network, which gives us our sense of our ego, our individuality, goes quiet. goes into like neutral gear. Exactly. Going back to the dream state that you were talking about, lucid dreaming, I really relate to that, Howard. It's very helpful to me to take that dream state when I'm asleep at night and I wake up and I recall that dream and I can really think about how I was so immersed in that world I was creating it. I was observing it. You know, it was just this whole world, mm -hmm. but it was imaginary. I understood that. So what you're saying is I can bring that state back to this waking reality and understand there is no difference. Am I getting that right? Yes, that's why I expressing plasticity of reality. It's, it's not fixed and independent out there. It's totally related to our awareness. You know, another simple way for your listeners to experience this greater reality is simply look in the mirror. Don't spend too much time doing it, though. Just a few minutes will freak you out. And so you look in the mirror and you see your face. And you know it's your face. You're familiar with it, perhaps, from looking at mirrors all your life. But what you see in the mirror as your face is not who you are. You're aware of what you're seeing in the mirror. And the knower cannot make itself an object of its own awareness. So that's a very simple way of also mm. proving this, that yes, you have a familiarity of connection with your face, but your face is not who you are. It's not the knower. It's an object of awareness. 
So Howard, how does all of this awareness help us in these very troubled times? It is a very troubled world, and that's why I felt called to speak out, share the book, and speak this way to the audience out there. It's almost like we're in a nightmare right now. You don't realize we're caught up in a somewhat distorted experience of reality when we're having nightmares, but we are caught up in it. And we need to come to a recognition that we're all in this together, going back to Buckminster Fuller, Space of Earth on, on this level reality. And what you do to somebody else does come back to you in some way, going back to the golden rule of the Bible. You know, do you want others as you'd happen to want you? Why? Is because it's a commandment of God or it's written in the book? No, because that's how reality works. We all are connected. So you treat others in a hopefully caring, loving way, as opposed to the divisiveness that places right now, we're caught up in thinking we're so separate in a competitive way with others, and that we can just take advantage and exploit nature however we want to and dump whatever we want to, no matter how toxic it is. That's all illusion. So it's like not worrying about what others are doing. Be more concerned with what I am doing. How am I manifesting with that which I have influence over? And my immediate environment, whatever that might be, the people who come into my environment, the people I'm reacting in a grocery store or on the street or wherever it is. Yes, in part, you know, this is called my path of the heart and unknown by many people, even unfortunately, the scientific community. We actually have three physical brains in this level of reality of our bodies. There's the head brain, which we assume is the brain. There's also a heart brain. The heart has its own nervous system, it has its own nerve cells, neurons, it has its own memory. It also has more nerves going to control the head brain than the head brain has to control the heart. The heart also produces its own hormones, like oxytocin, sometimes called the love hormone. So if we are more guided from a heart level in how we relate to others. That itself helps us get into that deeper level and away from some of that illusion of separation. It doesn't matter how we treat others. It does matter. So when something feels good at a heart level in how you're speaking to someone, how you're relating to someone, that is a guide that you're accessing a deeper level of consciousness. Whereas when you're just butting heads, coming from, so to speak, the head drain, as individuals you know, competing, that's the wrong path. And that's associated with emotions like, like fear and anger, the opposite of love, which love is connecting us. I'm thinking of uh, when we've had an experience with another person and feel truly seen, it's just so heartful, <laughs> is what I yes. would say. Yes. One of the things I was asked at some point in relationship, what is the thing that really embodies that relationship that makes you feel really, really good in their presence? What's the moments you have with that person? And for me, what I wrote out is when they're actually looking at me. And you say something about that. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, in our pop culture, we, we have the expression, eyes of the windows of the soul. And in some of the ancient practices, there's something called soul gazing, that when you look with open, soft eyes to somebody else's eyes, 
you're connecting. It's not just you just see them. You feel a connection. We can even measure changes in brainwaves, the synchronization of brainwaves in two people who are looking at each other in a loving way. And we can experience other creatures as well. For example, dogs, pet dogs. So when an owner and a dog are looking at each other in a loving way, they both have an increase of the hormone oxytocin, which is the love hormone. I'm also thinking about how different people experience different ways of viewing the world. And so this is also playing into what you're talking about, that there are multiple realities. And I'm thinking about a person might be labeled as neurodeviant, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're on the spectrum of autism or Mm -hmm. ADHD. And uh, I'm thinking of someone like Temple Grandin, who is a visual thinker, and she's been able to participate in life so fully from a very different viewpoint. This is helpful to know that there are other realities and other ways of looking at life and looking at reality. There has been some awareness in psychiatry that we call neurodivergent. So people on the spectrum are, for example, neurodivergent, that it's not necessarily a disease. It's not necessarily something that has to be corrected. Um, People who are autistic also have gifts. They can go into intense concentration, much more so than other people. On the other hand, the opposite sort of ADHD, where there's lack of control of attention, often correlates with high creativity and productivity. So there we go. There are so many ways to approach this. And I hope that we can come to a better understanding and have a world filled with more goodness. So any parting words that you might want to leave with us? The wisdom of the golden rule. Treat others as you would like them to treat you. That alone would transform the quality of our world right now. And it would heal the divisiveness, which is from the illusion of separation. Well said. Well said. Thank you so much. I've been speaking with Dr. Howard Eisenberg, a medical doctor, author of Dream It to Do It, The Science and the Magic, Decoding Reality 2.0. And to find out more about his work, you can go to his website, drhowardeisenberg.com. And that's spelled doctor, it's abbreviated D-R, Howard Eisenberg, E-I-S-E-N-B-E-R-G.com. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org, where you'll find over 1,700 programs in its archive. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I want to thank you for joining us at the New Dimensions Cafe, and I invite you to please join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a thousand hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973 
thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.